Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. Lots of us find it difficult to receive help when other people want to do something for us. We uh, tend to feel embarrassed or awkward and we may say, no, don't, you don't need to do that for me, not me. We're going to look at a part of the uh, New Testament where Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, uh, responds in, I think, the way all of us would respond and yet he gets a very strange answer. We're in John chapter 13, where Jesus is on the night before he was, the night he was betrayed, the night before he was arrested, or the night he was arrested and before he was tried. We read that he uh, was going to show the full extent of his love. And our last study, we looked at how he got up uh, from the meal that he was sharing with the disciples and took off his outer clothing, this is John 13 verse four, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And he poured water into a basin and he began, began to wash the disciples' feet. Now that was a really shocking and astonishing thing. And so Peter says, uh, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And he says that with astonishment. The reason he's astonished is we looked at a little bit in our last study, but just to fill in the detail. In that culture, they would be walking around with sandals or bare feet. They would be walking around where there were camels and uh, cattle and uh, other animals in the streets and with the rain occasionally, but just the dry dirt would get mixed up with all kinds of animal poo. And therefore, feet became smelly and dirty and unpleasant. And normally, people would wash their own feet, but uh, well, more wealthy people who had slaves, they would get the lowest, least a valuable slave to wash their feet. And this would very often, interestingly, be uh, in, in a Jewish household, that would be a Gentile, that would be somebody who was not Jewish because it would be felt that the people of God couldn't do such a demeaning thing. And so we pick up the astonishment of Peter that Jesus is doing that which the lowest uh, pagan slave would do that somebody who was devout and following God would not allow themselves to be unclean by touching such dirty stuff. And so he says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? He's really saying, not me. No, don't do that. I'm, uh, you're too significant. And then Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Now, we can't be certain what he meant by later. He may have meant, by the end of the evening, Peter, you'll understand this. He may have meant after the cross in a few days' time, after Jesus has died in our place, in their place. He may have meant after the resurrection, you'll understand. He may have meant after the day of Pentecost, when God's Spirit came to dwell within each one of them individually. So we don't exactly know what he meant by later. But we know that we can understand. Whatever was later for Peter, there came a point when he did understand. And you and I have the uh, freedom and the opportunity to understand what Jesus meant. So let's look into that a bit more. We need to understand. Now, part of the fact that Jesus tells to Peter, you, later you will understand, there is a kind of a reassurance that it's okay, Peter, not to understand what I'm saying now and what is about to happen. And there are times when we don't understand what Jesus is doing and we don't understand everything and we don't know everything. And you know, it's okay. It's okay to say, I don't yet understand what is going on. 
We don't need to blame ourselves. We don't need to feel, why am I so thick or why can't I uh, have a, a proper understanding of what God is doing? No, even the disciples didn't understand on many occasions. And so it's not a blame thing to say, why can't I understand what God is doing? What is important is to allow ourselves to keep learning, to open ourselves up to say, what I think I understand now may not be everything. And there may be more for me to grasp, more for me to see, more for me to know. And so having that openness rather than that closed mind and said, I've got the answer to everything is important. Some of you will know that over the years I've kind of expressed that I think I know less now than I used to know. That there are times when uh, what I thought I knew at the age of 20 is not is a, quite a long way away from what I am certain of now. I've grown, I've learned. There are things that I thought I had a handle on that I didn't. And I think that's healthy to allow God to keep developing us and for allow our eyes to be opened to new things. And Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. John 13, verse 8. Not me, you shall never wash my feet. Perhaps he was saying, I love you too much to see you humiliated. You must not do this dirty and demeaning thing for me. Or maybe he was saying, I'm not worthy to be washed by you. That you are my Lord and Master and I cannot allow you to be my servant and my slave. I am not worthy. I, I am unworthy. I should have washed my own feet. Perhaps he was saying, I don't need serving. Perhaps he was saying, uh, I don't need you to do this for me. This is something I can do for myself. Let me do it myself. Perhaps he was saying, I'm not dirty like the others. I haven't done anything wrong. Perhaps he was saying, I know what you should be doing, Jesus, and it isn't this. Perhaps he was saying, I know better than you, Jesus. You're doing the wrong thing. This isn't how a rabbi, a teacher, a messiah should behave. Whatever the motivation, I think many of us would have done the same. We would have said, no, Jesus, don't wash my feet. That's humiliating. You're far greater and more important than I am. Please let me wash my own feet. And Jesus says, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And these are quite strong words. And later, as we said, Peter is going to understand them. And we have the benefit of understanding them now. And Jesus is saying a couple of things. The first thing he is saying is that receiving his love is essential. That we must not push away the love of Jesus for any reason. That we need to understand the humility of Jesus, the nature of Jesus, that he's come to serve, he's come to die, he's come to express his love, that it is his heart to serve mankind. He serves us on the cross by dying in our place. And we need to understand that love. We need to understand his servant heart, his desire to set people free, his desire to save, his desire not to judge, not to condemn, not to rebuke, not to exclude. Not to punish, but his desire to save, to cleanse, to wash, to renew, to set people free. And therefore we need to resist the feeling that we're not good enough. Because that voice comes all the time. 
Who are you that God should love you? Who are you that Jesus should die for you on the cross? Who are you that you should be baptized? Who are you that you should serve Jesus? Who are you that you should own the name of Christian? And very many of us have that voice from time to time or perhaps persistently. And we need to learn the lesson that Peter was to learn, which was to not to push Jesus away, not to resist his love but to resist instead the feeling that we're not good enough. And to stand on the truth of the good news of Jesus that he's come to seek and to save the lost. And if you are lost like me, then he's come to seek and to save us. He's not come to push us away. And we must resist the feeling that we're not good enough. That is not truth and it's not from God because it's not that Jesus washes our feet because we are good. He washes our feet because he loves us. And therefore, we need to accept his valuation of us, that we are precious and significant and worth the blood of Jesus, that he is given his life for us and already decided how significant and important we are, and we are worth that valuation. And therefore, we choose faith in grace. We choose to trust Jesus we choose to trust his word that says that we are loved with an everlasting, unfailing, redeeming love. And it is essential for us to receive the love of Jesus. And we cannot push it away with some sense of pride or false humility or sense of unworthiness. And that secondly, we are to receive the cleansing, the washing that Jesus brings, symbolizing forgiveness and the removal of the dirt and sin within our lives. And that means we acknowledge we need forgiveness. And part of what Peter needed to allow was to say, yes, I am dirty and I need cleansing. And it's an important thing for us to say to Jesus, I need your forgiveness. My own efforts, my own goodness is not enough. I need your forgiveness. And then to trust that Jesus alone brings freedom from guilt. That no other form of self-therapy or, or trying to convince ourselves that we're not that bad or that other people are to blame or anything else, all of that doesn't work. The only thing that really sets us free from low and chronic self-esteem is to receive the cleansing love of Jesus that sets us free from guilt and to choose to trust that even when we don't feel it because sometimes it isn't a feeling and the voices that have been spoken over us or into us over the years and say you're not worthy you're not good enough you're a bad person or a stupid person or whatever the language that's been spoken over us is sometimes we have to choose to disbelieve it and that isn't a feeling it's a choice and we choose to receive this picture of Jesus, the one who stoops in humility and in disgrace to, to wash and cleanse us. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and head as well. And Jesus answered, you have had a bath. Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. Literally, he's saying, look, Peter, you don't need me to wash every part of you because it's just your feet that have been walking through the poo. But there's a metaphor as well. He's saying, look, Peter, your heart is right. I know your heart. And your heart of saying you don't want me to wash my, 
wash your feet is the right heart. It's just the wrong action. So the cleansing that is needed is minor. And the not every one of you, well, that is referring to the heart of Judas, which we're going to look at in our next session. Saying everybody's heart is right apart from just the one who explains in a moment or two is Judas. And he tells us in verse 11, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. So some questions for reflection as we begin to pray together. What is it that we don't yet understand? And are we willing to acknowledge there are things we still need to learn? And then, where are we resisting the love of Jesus? Where is there a sense of pride or unworthiness or a voice that's untrue saying you're not worthy of the love of Jesus? And where is it that by faith and decision we need to say, I receive that he truly does love and forgive me? And lastly, what do we need cleansing from? What is it in our life that we need in honesty and a humility? Come and confess and say, Lord, this is me. This is my attitude. This is what I've done. This is what I think. This is what I feel. Will you wash me clean? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have demonstrated the full extent of your love that you have shown not only in the washing of the disciples' feet, but in the death on the cross, your death on the cross, that you love us with an incomparable love that is greater than any other love possibly imagined. And you've shown it, you've demonstrated, you've proved it. Help us to receive that. Help us to bring our dirt to you for cleansing. And help us to walk in your love. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.